Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in and playoff basketball. Welcome back to the Staples Center. The Lakers pick up the win over the Phoenix Suns in Game 3. Grab a 2-1 series lead. Was not always a pretty game, but the important part, the Lakers walked away with the win. And we had a little bit of drama at the end as well. Not because of the score, mind you, but because of some tactics, some antics by the Phoenix Suns that I'm sure we're going to spend Plenty of time talking about joining me tonight are Ron Gutterman and Matt Peralta from LakersNation.com. Guys, how are we doing? Doing all right. Yeah, big, big win. Lakers take a 2-1 series lead. They got another one at Staples on Sunday before heading back to Phoenix. Um, I got to think that you feel good about winning a playoff game by 14 when you shot 25% from three. So, yeah, all good. Uh, yep, I'm fantastic. Uh, I feel great up 2-1. Uh, some chippiness down the stretch there, but hey, it's playoff basketball. That's what we'd love to see. So, uh, let's get right into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's let's just dive right into this one. So, if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Periscope, welcome in, first of all. And obviously, we're going to celebrate a Lakers win here, which is great. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you check us out there as well but this winds up being a win for the Lakers was pretty close at halftime I think it was just a three-point game at the half the Lakers couldn't shoot well it was the same thing over again right the Lakers were getting killed by turnovers and by their inability to convert on their shots wide open looks couldn't knock them down it was a defensive struggle and then the Lakers broke the thing open the third quarter a lot of it thanks to LeBron James attacking the basket getting to the rim and really brought some energy to the Lakers tonight and then from there it was a lot of Lakers in the second half a lot of Lakers just kind of grabbing control of this game and maybe grabbing control of this series as well uh, guys let's just let's jump right into this here the next man up we normally hold this for later in the show but I want to talk about it because this was a game where we saw only a few Lakers really get going scoring wise. You had 34 from LeBron, 21 from, uh, I'm sorry, 21 from LeBron, 34 from Davis and 20 from Dennis Schroeder. So is Dennis Schroeder just the default next man up because he was the only other Laker to really get going and get to double figures? I mean, I'll let Ron go first. Yeah, I, I I mean, look, Trevor, we were talking during our uh, during our watch party, our live uh, watch party on Hot Mike, um, and we did not know where we were going to go with next man up because everyone was playing horribly outside mm-hmm. of LeBron and AD, and then Dennis Schroeder turned things around and became this like ice in my veins, clutch fourth quarter performer, which has not really been his thing, but it's great to see. So I mean. For me, it has to be Dennis Schroeder. He was incredible in the fourth quarter. He figured out Devin Booker. He figured out campaign. He figured out Chris Paul. And he he kind of was doing whatever he wanted there in that fourth quarter. Um, really, really impressed with his performance, uh, the way he was able to, you know, he, he bounced back from taking that push from Booker. And then he, you know, he took it, uh, you know, Jay Crowder yelling in his face. He got ejected. So he was just letting everything bounce off of him, and I, I'm really happy with Dennis Schroeder. He didn't just bounce back. He did push-ups. He did push-ups after Devin Booker knocks him to the ground, which was fantastic. Uh, Matt, I'm coming to you with this because Wes Matthews had a really nice stretch of oh, this yeah. game. A couple threes, defensive play. <laughs> Are you going Wes Matthews with your next man up? 
Okay, so honestly, I was probably going to go Wes Matthews just because I thought he had that stretch where he hit those two consecutive threes and then some played some really good defense in the fourth, which I think kind of turned the tide in the Lakers' favor and like put the game away, essentially. So I, I would go Wes Matthews, and it's a little sacrilegious for me not to pick him, but I actually think I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma. Really? Uh, Kuz had a very, very... Yeah, it's, it's odd, right? And I'm going to explain why. He, had, he went 2 of 12 from the field, uh, had, had a garbage time three, and before that was 1 for 7. Uh, but I'm going to actually go with his effort on the board tonight because he had 10 rebounds tonight. He had that one play where in particular where he really stood out where I think he got three or four offensive rebounds, you know, Moses Malone style. Uh, and I thought his effort overall throughout the night was good. I thought his energy was great defensively as well. And I, I know, again, the fans are going to probably rag on him for his, his poor offensive night. But I really thought the effort defensively and on the glass, which is what he's been doing all season, really, is filling in the roles and filling in the gaps. That That's essentially where I think Kuz had the most impact tonight. So I'm going to go with Kyle Kuzma for next man up tonight. That, that's fair enough. You know, 10 boards, 8 points for Kuzma, 3 assists. But the 2 for 12 shooting, to me, for, on, for my vote anyway, that would eliminate Kuzma from my consideration just because he shot so poorly. But I totally understand where you can say, look, he was, he was doing other things out there on the floor besides scoring. But it felt like tonight was going to be a bigger scoring night from him and it still just didn't quite happen i i, I am gonna agree with ron i'm going with dennis Schroeder for next man up uh and again i was i was thinking in the moment that it was going to be west matthews when he went on that little burst but then Schroeder really helped guide the lakers home uh down the stretch scoring getting to the getting to the line doing everything he could there and so i'm gonna go dennis Schroeder. uh a little bit surprised actually that because we've talked about this role players tend to shoot better at home that's the thing Historically, role players shoot better at home. The stars are the stars. Home, road, usually isn't that big of a difference. They're going to be stars regardless of where they're at. The role players are the guys that tend to get rattled a little bit by being on the road. So I thought, okay, coming back home, Staples Center, home cooking, the Lakers, other guys are going to shoot a bit better. Did not happen. Did not happen tonight, and it was on Dennis Schroeder to really get going. Uh, Overall, again, the Lakers 25% from three. So if you're keeping track at home, 27% in game one, 30% in game two, 25% in this game, in game three. Surprising that they could shoot so poorly from three and still win a game by 14. Uh, I, I think that happens is when you just des- when you destroy the other team at the paint. The Lakers scored 58 points compared to 38 for the Suns, so I think that's really where they did their damage. And this is kind of the game that we've been waiting for them to to you know to put on, where they absolutely use their size, strength, and physicality and score inside. AD Andre Drummond in the first half, LeBron James in particular. So I, I think when you have a night like that inside, where you dominate the interior, you can get away with a poor shooting night. And then they also did force 18 turnovers. I know the Lakers committed 20 themselves, but they did outscore the Suns 24 to 20 and points off turnover so they also had that working in their favor so uh god it's such an ugly night for them from shooting we we were talking that maybe this is the night that they actually regress positively to the mean Trevor but um and again this would have been a blowout had they just made a few more threes but it's really I I can't complain too much about a 14 point win especially when you're going to play to your strengths and that's dominate the rim right and they absolutely did that so that was great to see you know uh, I got a question here from uh, from Danny Ramirez, a super chat on YouTube. Said, do you think Trez isn't incorporated because Aiton and the rest of the centers will outplay him? Uh, Matthews showing why he had to come contend for a chip. I had to read that one for you, Matt Peralta. <laughs> I knew you were going <laughs> to love that. But Montrez Harrell, zero minutes tonight, one technical foul. <laughs> from the bench, he gets a technical <laughs> foul. Did not play in the game. Um, what are we thinking, though? What's going on with with uh oh i've got a super chat from somebody who doesn't agree with kuzma b 
being the, being the next man up. But I think Matt had his reasons. He explained himself there. But what are we thinking on Montrezl Harrell? Is he done in this series? Is it just it's Marcus All's job now? Is that is that where we're at right now? Look, in this series, it kind of is. Look, DeAndre Ayton played 41 of the 48 minutes tonight. Montrez Harrell cannot be on the floor when DeAndre Ayton is on the floor. And I think at some level, Montrez Harrell has to know this. So when there's only seven non-DeAndre Ayton minutes to work with, mm-hmm. who would you rather have, Montrez Harrell or Anthony Davis at the five? I think Frank Vogel is going to go with Anthony Davis there. It's what he did tonight. It, it just doesn't make sense to play Montrez Harrell alongside DeAndre Ayton if, to do that together, to match them up. And in such limited non-DeAndre Ayton minutes, it doesn't make sense to throw Trez out there just to see what he can do in seven minutes. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And that's really, that's we found that out in game one, and we said that needs to be a rule moving forward. If Ayton is on the floor, Montrez Harrell is not. Um, I think that in the non-Ayton minutes, there's an opportunity there for Trez to maybe get something going. And he has had success against the Suns in the past. But if it's only going to be seven minutes, you're probably better off just going with Gasol and letting him get into more of a rhythm. So I, I fully get why the Lakers are doing that. I think there's going to be moments where Trez can play, but I don't know if this series is going to be it based on how many minutes Aiden is getting right now. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers are 2-0 and zero now when Trez hasn't played. I don't think Frank Vogel is going to change that unless he's forced to adjust at this point. And, you know, we did see Gasol and AD minutes tonight as well, them two playing together. Um, it, it's just really hard to squeeze in Trez, especially if Aiden's going to be playing 40-plus a night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, and this, we talked about this on our, on our uh, watch party. Um, when you are winning, when you are in control of a series, the way the Lakers are, they were going into tonight, and the way they are now, you are not going to make adjustments. It's now on the Suns to adjust to you, and then you can respond to that. So until they force Trez to play, Trez isn't going to play. Um, Pretty so much. I've got a question here. Asa Amin from YouTube. Are the Lakers going to get it done in five games? Also, by the way, Lakers Nation equals best channel on YouTube. Well, thank you, Asa. Uh, you know, flattery will get you everywhere. Uh, appreciate appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, are the Lakers going to get it done in five games? I think next game is going to really be the the telltale sign for that. If the Lakers come out and they crush the Suns next game, let's say those shots start dropping and it's 3-1, that's where I could see the Suns will start to really question themselves and doubt and maybe the Lakers take it out in five games. I don't think, I think the Suns are going to come out and throw everything they've got at the Lakers next game and they're going to be fired up based on the way this game ended too. Uh, honestly, I think my answer really depends on Chris Paul's health. Uh, that man does not look right. Uh, they said before the game, Monty Williams, Chris Paul is going to be a full go. Uh, but I was talking to you guys offline about it. And I said, if Chris Paul was really full go, he would have had more fourth quarter minutes. I don't know if he actually played in the fourth. And if he did, it was very sparingly. So, um, I think my answer really depends on Chris Paul's health. Cause like I said, like as much as campaign is going to have this, I don't know, this amazing shooting night every night against the Lakers for whatever reason. I don't think that's sustainable. I think they need Chris Paul to be Chris Paul for them to pull out a game in this series. Um, Unless we get something close to a full health Chris Paul, I think the Lakers can handle this in five. But like you said, Trevor, it really is going to come down to game four, I think, Uh, as well as the Lakers three-point shooting. Those are kind of the two things that I'm looking out for in game four. Well, you know, look, campaign... Three of the the Lakers have played the Suns four times in the last few weeks. Three in the playoffs, one in the regular season. And campaign has blown up in three of those four. And by blown up, I mean double digits scoring, right? Like lighten them up a little bit. 
I, I'm, I, I don't know where that's coming from, but he's giving them a nice boost to make up for Chris Paul. But tonight, 27 minutes for Chris Paul, five boards, six assists, one steal, seven points, minus 20 on the night for CP3. Worst on the Suns in terms of plus minus. Um, they do get two days, two days off. So maybe that's something that will uh, allow him to rest up a little bit and heal up. But I think you're right. If CP3 is simply not himself, I, and I'm at the point where I question if he can physically get the ball to the rim from the three-point line as of right now, because we haven't seen him shoot a three, then it's going to be real tough for the Suns to come back in this thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Sunday is a very critical game for for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is that the um, opposing series in the bracket, Denver-Portland, mm-hmm. that's going to be a highly contested, very close series that could go to six or seven games. So if the Lakers can get this done in five, it gives them some extra rest. It gives them some time to heal up before having to go into that second round. If if, if they let the Suns push this to six, seven games, even if they win, they're going to be really battered going into a series against two very high-powered offenses, whichever one wins. By the way, speaking of which, right now yeah, Denver that- has a three-point lead over the Blazers with three seconds to go. So it does look like Denver's probably going to get the win there because I believe they've got the ball. But that's just me looking. Um, all right. I'm getting a lot of questions about Contavious Caldwell Pope. Let's talk about that. KCP hyper extends his leg on a play. He's defending Devin Booker. I believe it was his left leg steps, uh, knee locked up. The the Lakers are calling it a thigh contusion or a quad contusion. I forget which they, they term, which term they used. Uh, but he's going for an MRI tomorrow morning. I don't know. I mean, obviously we're all going to be waiting for the outcome of that. Hopefully it's good news. Uh, at first KCP was questionable to return to the game. So I think that's a good sign. If it was something, you know, horrendous, he wouldn't have even been considered questionable to return, but then they ruled him out and said he wasn't going to come back for the game. So where are we at on, on KCP? I mean, obviously not the shooting night that we were hoping to see out of him. He has still yet to make a three in this series over two from three tonight. If KCP is a no-go for Sunday, what do the Lakers do? How does the rotation change? I already Wes know. That's Matthews. <laughs> Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews and Wes Matthews. Uh, and I'm only smiling because it's Wes Matthews, but obviously the KCP injury is a little concerning. But he was originally deemed questionable. But I think at that point in the game, the Lakers were already up close to 18 or 19, I believe. So there was no really re- real reason to bring him back into the game. So maybe that's why they ultimately ruled him out. Uh, the Lakers do have two days of rest, so you know, hopefully the MRI turns out clean, and he just needs some rest to get back into you know the lineup, and hopefully he does show up Sunday. But uh, there is a little bit mild concern. There were just so many guys that got dinged up this yeah. game: AD, Schroeder, KCP. Um, I think at midway through the third quarter, I was like, okay, honestly, I just need the Lakers to get out of this game healthy. Um, but again, we'll, we'll have to see, hopefully KCP is good for Sunday, but as far as the question goes, if KCP can't go, I do think you're going to see Wes Matthews and then you might even get some THT minutes off the bench. Yeah, I I definitely agree with, with Wes Matthews being the, the go-to there. If you don't have a healthy KCP, um, I, I gotta say, I, I really think, and we're, we're going to get into this more later with the hard foul by Booker. Um, I think once they once they started seeing the game slip away from them, Phoenix got really aggressive defensively. And I think that's where you saw a lot of those little injuries here and there. You know, Schroeder falls here, KCP falls there, AD falls there. I think it's it's showing that the Suns a little bit lost their composure in this game. 
Um, and so once things started going going downhill for them, they got really aggressive. And I just really hope in games four, five, whatever happens the rest of the series, that that chippiness doesn't turn into over-aggression right. and potential injury. Well, I do have some some good news here uh, from Lakers Nation owns Brian, Brian Ward. Uh, Anthony Davis on his injury said landed awkwardly, tried not to land on book, Devin Booker. It felt fine throughout the rest of the game. So it sounds like he's okay. It did, it did. He did look like he was grimacing a little bit, but it sounds like he was able to kind of just walk it off, play through it, and then he was good. Well, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little concerning to watch that live, but yeah, that's good to hear. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But let's let's talk about this. So Frank Vogel in his postgame presser just said, LeBron's whole mindset reversed the course of game three. We saw LeBron attack the basket in a way we haven't seen him do yet in this series at the beginning of the third quarter. He came out in attack mode and pushed the entire Lakers team forward. Because remember, they as great as Anthony Davis is, the Lakers follow LeBron, his temperament. They will follow that. His attention to detail on the defensive end, they follow that. LeBron came out aggressive, attacking the basket offensively, scoring points that fired everyone up and it got the Lakers going. LeBron doing that, I think, ultimately helped win this game. And you might say that is the moment that won this game, the start of the third quarter, LeBron coming out the way that he did. So what do we take that as moving forward here? Is that LeBron saying, hey, I'm good? Is that just LeBron recognizing what the series needed from him? Where, where do we go with this from there? How do we break that down? Now, Matt, you want to take this first? Sure. Yeah, um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think as far as the ankle goes, I think this is LeBron showing us and telling us that, hey, I trust my ankle. Uh, I think I'm good to go. I think I'm going to look like more like LeBron James. So he did that in the third quarter and especially in the fourth quarter when he looked like he was having some fun with Jay Crowder. Right. Um, And then I also think, too, that, you know, the Lakers had played a really sloppy first half. They only went into the half up three. They could have been up by a lot more. I think LeBron James knew, hey. Um, if no one's going to get the, I, I got to be the guy to get this team uh, jump started. And so you saw him attacking the rim. You saw him get some more open lanes. You saw him force the issue a little bit more. So um, I think that's what really kicked off the Lakers run, obviously. And then everyone fed off of that. So um, I, I think you'll see more of this kind of LeBron James the rest of the series, especially if they have a chance to really take a stranglehold on this series in game four. If there's a moment where LeBron James can smell that the Lakers are going to take away that game, I think you'll see him full throttle. Um, and it's, it's really good to see it. You know, you miss that LeBron James. You miss that uh, that burst, that explosiveness, getting to the rim, finishing through contact. I, I think Lakers fans, it was good for them to see that, especially the fans up close in Staples Center and yeah. then the fans watching at home. So um, I think it inspires some confidence both in the team and in the fan base. And, you know, it's it's all good vibes heading into game four for sure. Absolutely. And so, and we've already got um, Anthony Davis talking about how great it was to have the fans there at Staples Center. This is the first playoff game Staples Center has seen with Lakers colors since 2013. This was the first... First win since 2012. Yes. First win since 2012. This is the first game that anyone, any Laker on the team right now has played at Staples Center in purple and gold. First playoff game that any of them have played. So nice to walk away with the win there. And again, seeing LeBron take it to that next level, that is a great sign moving forward. I think for him, for the Lakers as a whole, for him to be able to just say, it was one of those LeBron games where he just said, nope. That's not how this game's going to go. If we're not hitting threes, I'm going to crush everybody at the basket. And he did. And then I loved it in the fourth quarter when he isolated Jay Crowder and just ate him up. That was that was phenomenal. <laughs> loved seeing that. Um, so, yeah, great stuff from LeBron. And, I'm, and that gets me more optimistic about 
how much he's got moving forward. In fact, Anthony Davis just had a quote where he said uh, LeBron told him he's got another gear to go to. So that's a great sign. Can we talk yeah. about Andre Drummond on the sideline too? That, that was hilarious. I don't know if you guys caught that on the broadcast, but Andre Drummond was mimicking LeBron posting up Jay Crowder. I, I thought that was hilarious. It, it's really good to see the Laker bench so into a game again. I think that's one of the things I've really missed this season uh, was seeing the Laker bench get really into a game and energize the guys on the floor. I, I thought that was really cool to see tonight. Yeah, definitely cool. I mean, LeBron eviscerated Jay Crowder on that play. I, I don't know if you're Jay Crowder, how you come back from that happening and then getting ejected in the same game. Not sure how you come back. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I really am happy with what I saw from LeBron. He um, he is one of the greatest players of all time in terms of uh, the ability to like flip the switch and like just turn into a completely different player. And he knows exactly when to push those buttons. Yep. So to see him be kind of passive in the first half, he had a lot of turnovers. He was kind of lackadaisical through the whole thing, not playing great. And he said, you know what? Okay, it's a three-point game. We can win this game by 20 if I just play like eight minutes of good basketball. So what did he do? He played eight minutes of good basketball. That's just exactly who LeBron is. And so, I, I mean, I have complete confidence in him like everyone should have had for the last 18 years. With the exception of the missed dunk. And the and the Anthony Davis missed dunk and the Caruso missed layup. Oh, that 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 one that got me a little bit. I was not pleased with those moments. But overall, LeBron James, man, he he really took it to another level and got the Lakers going in the third quarter again. Without him doing that, I don't know if they walk away with this one uh, with the win or not. Um, I'm getting a lot of people talking about that foul at the end there. So oh, yeah. we need to talk about that. Oh, quote just coming in from Frank Vogel though. Vogel said that Anthony Davis, the medical staff, determined that he was able to play, but he was going to have to play through pain. So AD saying he felt fine. Vogel says he was playing through pain. I think what Vogel said looks more accurate because he did look like he was grimacing a bit there. Definitely playing through pain, yeah. yeah. Props to him for gutting it out, though. For sure. All right. Let's... Uh, KCP speaking now, sorry, KCP speaking, clarifies his injury, says his knee hyperextended, which is what we saw, uh, unsure if he'll need an MRI. The Lakers said they'll take him for an MRI. So it sounds like it's a little bit more, uh, precautionary than anything else. Uh, he said he may, he felt immediate pain though, and wasn't able to finish the game. So hopefully that starts feeling better tomorrow. All right, guys. Let's get into the master lock of the night because the other big topic that everybody in the chat wants to talk about, I have a feeling is going to come up when we do the master lock. So Right, the master lock of the night. We definitely have a few worthy candidates to be put in the master lock from the Suns side tonight. Uh, Ron, I'm coming to you first since you're with me during the game. Who are you putting in the master lock? You know, for 47 minutes and 30 seconds, my answer <laughs> was Jake Crowder. And then right at the end, Devin Booker, I think he wanted it. I really think he wanted this master lock because he he came through in the best way possible. 
and the worst way possible with a full two-hand extension, basically an attempt to tackle Dennis Schroeder in a game that was already over. He gets uh, ejected, flagrant two. Um, If that's not master lock worthy, then nothing in this world is master lock worthy. Uh, So it's Devin Booker. But honorable mention, Jay Crowder, you are annoying and I don't like you. (laughs) That's a good way to sum that up. Matt, are you going same way? Are you going Booker? Uh, for 48 minutes, my answer was Jay Crowder, uh, and it still is Jay Crowder. So, uh, not honorable mention, Jay Crowder, you're just going to be my master lock pick. Uh, this guy, man, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, man. It's just every little thing he does annoys me to no end. And then I think what really set me off was that he drew a three-point foul on AD in the first 15 seconds that Vogel decided to burn a challenge on, right. even though he clearly kicked out his legs. Um, so that I was already annoyed from the start. So I guess it wasn't 48 minutes. It was more like 47 minutes and 45 seconds. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Jay Crowder. I feel like he's going to be, if I'm on, if there's more post game shows throughout this series that I'm on, I think it's going to, he's going to be my perpetual answer going forward. <laughs> so, uh, just spoiler alert for games four or five and maybe six, it's going to be Jay Crowder. Well, okay. So here's the thing, right? Jay Crowder, he was like, Oh, for eight from three at this point, And he's talking. He's he hasn't knocked down a three. The Lakers' best defense was to let Jay Crowder shoot. And he's talking. Like, what are you talking about? You're not hitting anything, and he's trying to talk trash to people out there. And you are bricking up one shot after another, after another, after another. I loved it. I loved it that that he was missing that many shots, but he's absolutely master lock worthy for that. And then he's trying to get in LeBron's face. He's trying to play this tough physical defense, and LeBron eats him up. I'm going to agree with Ron though. My master lock, it seemed like it was, it seemed like it was set. Like it was locked in on Jay Crowder. And then Devin Booker did what he did. Devin Booker, he got frustrated. And look, the initial foul was rough enough, right? If you watch the play again, there's two fouls. The initial foul was rough enough. But then as soon as Schroeder gets in the air, he two-arm shoves him out of bounds, defenseless player in the air. And that gets a flagrant two and ejected from the game. Devin Booker 100% gets my master lock because that is not only, not only is that just bad sportsmanship, that puts Devin, uh, that puts Dennis Schroeder in a bad spot, potentially in a dangerous position where he could have been seriously hurt. And that's why Booker got kicked out because it was such a dangerous play for him to do. And there's just no reason for that. There's no room for that. And I'll also say this, I don't think it's going to happen in terms of a suspension. But the NBA has got to take a look at this. The NBA has got to take a look. I think had Schroeder been hurt on the play, we would not be seeing Devin Booker next game. Regardless, though, the NBA has to take a look at that because it was so blatant. It was so obvious what he was trying to do. He was frustrated. And you just cannot do that. You cannot do that to another player, risk their health the way that Devin Booker did. Yeah, trust me. I think Devin Booker is the the very obvious master lock. Um, That was just a trash foul. You don't like to see that. The game's already out of hand. There's no need for that kind of stuff. Uh, But going back to Jay Crowder for just a second, I don't know if you guys are aware, but he's actually two of 20 from three-point land during this series. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really, I'm not great at math, but that's a, that's a hot 10%. Um, and uh, as a joke, I was tweeting out that Jay Crowder would fit in right with the Lakers because they are <laughs> shooting just as bad. Yeah, I mean, look, Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder talks so much. 
for a guy who scored nine points on two of nine from the field with five fouls. Um, I, I really think there needs to be a rule where if you trash talk when you have less than 10 points in the fourth quarter of a game, automatic ejection right then and there. Throw, you're talking and you can't even get in double digits. Get out of the game. No, nothing. Nothing like that here. But Devin Booker was... I mean, look, I, I, he's not going to be suspended. Of course, he's not going to be suspended because the backlash the NBA would get for suspending a star player in the middle of a playoff series against the Lakers, no less. Um, yeah, it just it can't happen. Uh, they won't suspend him, but they should, if, if you're really asking for my opinion. I mean, if it's, if it's a flagrant two like that, like, okay, if this was the regular season, would he be suspended? Probably. Possibly. I feel like I'm 50-50 on that. Because I, I, I could just never tell with the NBA nowadays what, what's worthy of a suspension and what's not. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to put money on it, I feel like he'd probably be suspended if this is the regular season. But because it's the Suns and the Lakers in the first round, and it's obviously the NBA's probably most exciting first-round matchup right now, um, I, I think they can't suspend him just for that reason. So I, I think he'll play game four. But those, thi- those things should not matter. Right when they shouldn't. they shouldn't, but they do, they do, and I agree. I don't think he's going to get suspended. But I'm just saying, if you've got rules in place, those things shouldn't matter. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's very disappointing. They will not suspend him, though. I mean, look, the the backlash that you would get if you're the NBA for suspending Devin Booker against the Lakers of, of all people. I mean, there are still people that are saying that Draymond Green shouldn't have been suspended in 2016 and that it was all a ploy to get LeBron a championship. Look, there's there's too much of that going around, too much narrative controlling what's happening. Um, Devin Booker's not going to get suspended. No, 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 Ron. It's very obvious that everything's rigged for the Lakers. So (laughs) just, you know, super rigged, just so rigged. So I've got random rats here with the super chat said, Hey, Trevor, big fan. Thank you. Uh, do you think it was a surprise that Marcus Gasol was the first big off the bench instead of Markeith Morris or Montrez Harrell? Uh, I wasn't surprised because that's what we saw last game, right? That's what we saw last time around was Marcus Gasol being the, the first big to come in. There was no Markeith Morris or did Markeith Morris get minutes in the last one? Maybe it was he got two. minutes in game two. Maybe it was game two that Marquise Morris didn't get in. But but in terms of Gasol being the big to play over Trez, as far as the backup center minutes go, I wasn't surprised by that. Were you guys surprised at all? Like I and I thought he did okay. I don't think he was as effective as game two, but I wasn't I wasn't shocked that he was the guy to get to go out there. Yeah, I mean, like like we said earlier, Andre Ayton's gonna play 41 minutes a game. Um Gasol's gonna need to be in there because Drummond Oh my God, Drummond should never play 41 minutes in any game ever. I don't. It could go 15 overtimes, and he shouldn't play 41 minutes. Um, so you got to put Gasol in there on those backup minutes. You got to get Anthony Davis in there at the five. This is just not a Trez and Markeith Morris matchup. Um, I could see them getting more run against teams, the Nuggets. I could see them getting more run against teams like maybe the Portland Trailblazers or the Clippers or the Mavericks. But but not this series, not with DeAndre Ayton playing 40 minutes a night. Yeah, I am not surprised. And man, can I just say how the, the tables have turned for Lakers fans that have 
complained about Marcus all all series or all <laughs> season really, and now they're clamoring for the guy. I feel like this is my 2021 NBA championship. Uh, but no, I'm not surprised. We saw it in game two; he was effective. Game three, not quite as effective, but he did knock down a three, which was nice. And then defensively, I thought he held up okay. Got called for a couple fouls that I thought were a little questionable, but you know, I, I did ultimately think they were a little fair. Um, yeah, I mean, look. Uh, the Suns are a small, they're a five-out team, basically, uh, or four, four, four guys out plus DeAndre Aiden, right? So Anthony Davis is going to play about 40 minutes. A, a few of those are going to go at center. So there isn't a lot of center minutes to go around, really. Um, but if the, if you're going to throw center minutes at someone, I, I think it has to be uh, Marcus All. Obviously, Drum is going to keep starting the rest of the series, I think, but he's not going to play the second half much like we saw again tonight. Um, so yeah, it's not really surprising to see Mark come off the bench first until, until the Lakers drop a game again this series. I think that's going to be continuing. That's going to be the case going forward. And that, that's been Frank Vogel's MO, right? You, you change things after you lose, after you drop a game, then he changes things. Otherwise he sticks with, with what has worked. Um, that's what we saw him do in the playoffs last year. Andre Drummond, though, you know, 20 minutes, so limited minutes, 20 minutes tonight, but 11 rebounds in 20 minutes and three of them on the offensive glass. So he was productive. In his time out there, uh, three for six shooting, six points. He was a plus 12 in plus minus. So not a bad performance from him. This isn't this isn't the perfect matchup for Marcus Gasol. Let me say that because the Suns guards, whether it's Payne, whether it's CP3, whether it's Booker, they all can exploit him and pick and roll. And the second he steps on the floor, they go to the 1-5 pick and roll immediately. I would like to see the Lakers come up with something to counter that a little bit better than just, uh, well, hopefully Mark can stick with them on this play. Um, so that he does get burned a little bit there, but I mean, your alternative is just Anthony Davis at the five, which I mean, is, is usually a good go-to. I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I think Gasol is doing just enough to continue to be playable out there. And I do think that just the kind of the calmness that he brings to the floor, the intelligence that he brings out there, as well as the floor spacing that does help. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. I was going to say, actually, I wanted to give credit to Andre Drummond because he played 20 minutes to DeAndre Ayton's 41, and he had the same amount of rebounds as as Ayton. And mm-hmm. I, I said this at the beginning of the series, Drummond is only valuable. There's one way in which he brings value to the series, and that is out-rebounding DeAndre Ayton. And clearly, if, if, he, if he was equal in rebounds with half the minutes, he thoroughly out-rebounded Ayton during their minutes together. So... Good for him. Good for him for being valuable. Uh, yeah, Marcus Saul is not the perfect center for this series. But again, if if they can find ways to not get burned in that pick and roll, like you're saying, right? So it has to be a way. Frank Vogel will make that adjustment. But that that is really the only thing keeping him from being a really really good center for this series. Guys, we talk about how sometimes the chat just posts things that just make you laugh. I just got a comment here that says. Aiton sweats like Patrick Ewing. Dude, he does. He does. That's just truth. (laughs) Oh, my God, he does. I hadn't thought of that. Oh, my. I hate that you, like, you know what they're talking about. Right? (laughs) How do you even notice that or stuff? Like, how do you even... Do you know what I mean? Like, it, no, he, they said it, and it makes sense. It's no, it, it was a light right, moment. The fact that the fact that someone watched DeAndre Ayton play, and by the way, this is this is a testament to DeAndre Ayton and how much he's torturing the Lakers right now. 
the fact that anyone could watch DeAndre Ayton play and even have their mind go to Patrick Ewing says says quite a lot about what DeAndre Ayton's doing this series. But it wasn't well, Patrick, not Ewing's really Patrick Ewing's game. Ewing. It, was, it, it was his it's, sweating. It's the, it's the sweat. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you. No one's talking about DeAndre Ayton's sweat if he's putting up six points on two of ten from the field. I don't know. It sounds like this person might be. They might. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. The one dude. <laughs> oh, my God. By, by the way, shout out to Andre Drummond. The highlight block on Devin Booker plus the drop step Ooh. dunk in the first quarter was that really was nice. fun to watch. So, very gotta nice. give him his props. Yes, those were very nice plays for sure. Um, you know, I want to I wanna go back to the, the Gasol thing real quick because the Suns threw a new wrinkle in towards the end of the game um, to try to combat Marcus Gasol being on the floor. And what they and it was mostly based around defending Anthony Davis. What they did was rather than have Aiton defend Gasol, Gasol standing behind the three point line. So in order to keep Aiton at the rim to get those boards and to put a little more size on Anthony Davis, they actually put bridges on Gasol, and then they put Jay Crowder on LeBron to try to get a little bit more defense there, and then. Aiden on Anthony Davis to provide to put size there. So if that is the Suns' go-to from here on out, and I don't know if it's going to be, I'd have to look at the numbers and see how effective that defense really was. But let's assume that the Suns say, you know what, Gasol's not going inside. We're going to defend him with Bridges anyway. We're not even if he does catch the ball with his back to the basket in the post. We're not that worried about him. If that is now the Suns' de- defensive response to Gasol being on the floor, does that change your mindset at all? Does that? Strategically, do you change anything to adjust to that? Mm, I feel like the adjustment there might be to have Mark run kind of a, a big five, an inverted five four pick and roll with AD, maybe to kind of maybe force a switch in that case, and then you'd have Bridges on AD in that case. Um, I don't think that that wrinkle that you mentioned played as many minutes, but I do think it's something that um, a lot of people have actually mentioned putting a smaller flavor on Marcus Gasol because he is going to float out to the three point line. He's not going to bury you in the post like a normal big would. Uh, I've seen that floated around that the Suns would probably toy with that. Uh, But I I ultimately think it's not as effective because Mark's not going to be out there for that many minutes. But for the, you know, maybe the seven to ten minutes that he is in there, um, I could see Mark handling, taking more ball handling duties and trying to force a switch somewhere else on the floor. But uh, as far as my thinking, I I don't think Frank Vogel is going to do too much about that. Really, I think the minutes, there there aren't enough minutes for them to make a real adjustment for it. So I I don't think too much changes on the Lakers end, really. Yeah, same. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, look, the Suns can adjust all they want to to Marcus Gasol, but Marcus Gasol is not this type of player. I mean, look, he played, let's see, he played 17 minutes tonight. You're not going to make wholesale adjustments to go after a guy playing 17 minutes. You're not going to make wholesale adjustments to the Marcus Gasol-Anthony Davis pairing that doesn't see a ton of minutes together. But even if you do, you Trevor, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I think we're looking at this wrong. I don't think it's about adjusting to Gasol. I think it's about adjusting to LeBron and Davis. That's That was the, and the Suns are just using Gasol being on the floor as a means to do that, right? If that if that's Drummond mm-hmm. on the floor, let's say, you can't put bridges on him, right? Because Drummond's too much of a, of a load in the, in the post to deal with. But because Gasol's on the floor, they're using that as a chance to put somebody small on him. And then putting Jay Crowder, who's probably their best LeBron defender, he just doesn't defend him much because Anthony Davis is also out there, to put Crowder on LeBron and to put Aiden on Davis. So, I mean, I'm, I'm more looking at it from that sense. Does that change your equation if that allows Crowder to play LeBron and allows Aiden to play Davis? I'm going to be honest. 
You saying that made me even less worried. I saw what LeBron just did to Jake Crowder tonight. <laughs> I, I don't like know. It. I like well, it. Well, no, no, no. From Go ahead. I was just going to say from a Nexus and O standpoint, wouldn't the, the adjustment be then to just park Mark in the corner and then run an AD LeBron pick and roll and then try to force a switch if they decide to switch that way? Because uh, then you'd have Aiden on LeBron and then Crowder on Davis again, and then you still have that. The Suns still have the same problem. That that would be that would be my adjustment, really. Yep. No, I, I agree. That's something that could work. And I think I think the Lakers can find a lot of different things to to exploit that. But it was just interesting that that was what the Suns went to in this one. All right. Let's let's talk a little bit about Game Three. Somebody said you start to feature LeBron more in that situation because you know. He's going to get fired up to go up against Jay Crowder. That that does seem to be indeed a thing. They're not wrong. Let's let's talk about, I'm sorry, game four. Let's look ahead to that. Uh, no minutes tonight for Taylor Horton Tucker. Ben McLemore got some minutes because, my goodness, can someone hit a three? Game four is, is anybody, can the Lakers <laughs> knock down threes at a just league average clip? Because let, let's face it, right? If the Lakers are shooting 35% from three, this game is done, done. I mean, this is a complete blowout because not only are you adding on the points of shooting, more of, of knocking down more threes, but the Suns' spacing or the Suns' defense is not going to be nearly as collapsed if the Lakers are shooting competently from three. So game four, can we finally see a decent shooting performance from the Lakers behind the arc? I'm, I'm going to say something here, and it might be a little controversial, but I don't know. If the Lakers shot three, 34%, which is what they shot during this season. Mm-hmm. If they shot 34% from three, they're up 3-0 and going for a sweep on Sunday. Yes. Without question. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Without question. They're going for a sweep on Sunday. If they just hit their own average, not even league average, just their own average, 34%. It's so not even good. Um, and and that's all they need. Literally shoot over 30% and we might be looking at a different se- a, a different series right now. So, really, just on, on game four Sunday, I, it's an early start time, so there's always the concern that they're going to come out flat right. at 12.30 p.m. But if they can just put together a couple of good possessions that, that get you open threes and you, you can hit them early in the game, it's going to be very difficult for Phoenix to figure something out because they've gotten the benefit of the Lakers being horrible from three this series. I've got two points. Uh, the first one's to Ron's point is that uh, someone did the math on this. The quality of looks that the Lakers got in game one, and if they had hit them at a rate that we expect them to, it would have been a 10-point win for the Lakers in game one. So we would be looking at a sweep for game four had they just hit the shots that we expect them to hit. Uh, and then point two is not a very serious point, but at this point, I feel like we have been saying now the entire year if the lakers hit shots this game would be a blowout (laughs) i think i'm just not going to say it because i I think it's just an unspoken rule at this point that if the lakers hit average to above average three-pointers um they would blow out every team in the league uh the defense is just that good uh but um as far as the shooting goes i do want to give them credit we no one's brought this up yet they actually shot 26 out of 30 from the free throw line tonight um which is amazing so maybe that helps uh me make the deficit from from deep you know uh but yeah like ron said if uh they can put together a stretch kind of like what Wes matthews did tonight where he knocked two threes in a row which by the way i don't think happens very often this year with the lakers uh they blow this game out in game four i i like that point about the free throws matt i i had overlooked that 
Uh, 30 free throws tonight for the Lakers to 18 for the Suns. But we knew the Lakers were going to have a free throw advantage in this series because the Suns are a jump shooting team. Uh, But it definitely helps when 20, what is this, 22 of your free throws go to, of the 30, go to Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. Those are guys who can knock those down at a high clip. And so that definitely helped out the Lakers, uh, was, was getting to the free throw line. But you're right in that, yeah, we've said this a lot, that if the Lakers could just hit their threes, they would be in much better shape. But like you said, it's still 34% on the season. I'm going to go to my catchphrase. Regression to the mean is still coming. It's coming. <laughs> just win, Trevor, win. And that, that means, to me, that means that there's going to be a game here where they shoot like 40% from three, right? Because they've been shooting in the 20s. There's going to be a game where they really knock them down. And you know what? Look, some of this is credit to the Suns' defense. The Suns, I think, have been defending really well. And so some of this is credit oh, yeah. to to them and their defense. Some of it, though, is the Lakers just missing shots and I think getting in their head where they're getting frustrated with themselves for missing these shots. I will say if KCP is not 100%, that lowers the chances of having kind of a breakout shooting game from three because KCP, if you were going to pick any of the guys, any of the non, you know, the non-usual guys, the non-LeBron, non-Anthony Davis, any of those guys to have like a, just a super hot game from three, assuming McLemore isn't getting that many minutes, KCP would be my go-to guy. I would think he he would be the guy to go shoot like five for six from three or something on a, on a game. So if he's hurt, obviously that changes things. But I think game four, we finally get the positive regression to the mean game and the Lakers do shoot competently from three. Maybe I'm overly overly optimistic, but I'm just not, I don't know. I, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just not going to say anything. I think, Trevor, I think you've said the phrase positive regression to the mean more than the amount of threes the Lakers have hit this season. Yes. That's that is probably yeah. an accurate statement. That is probably an and it's not statement. particularly close. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, just to play devil's advocate, and I know this is kind of mean because he got hurt Uh-oh. tonight. But uh, if KCP is not one hundred percent, does that does that really lower the chances of them having a breakout three point shooting night? Because he is also, I think, zero for nine on the series, right? He. So if anything, he's lowering the current percentage. Yeah. Matt's just Matt's just so upset that you're not giving Wes Matthews the credit. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being so, serious. He's seething. You I'm can... being... <laughs> he... I, I was just saying, I get Trevor's point, but up to this point, we haven't seen it. So I, I want KCP to play Sunday. Let me, let me make that clear. I want him to play Sunday. I want all the Lakers to be healthy. I'm just saying, given how cold he has been, injury or injury notwithstanding, does it really lower the Lakers' three-point shooting odds? Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. KCP, yes, he's been ice cold this whole series, but also no one no one breaks out of a slump quite like KCP. When sure. the the night that he breaks out of a slump is always like a twenty-three point six of nine from three type. Nice. Always something incredible. Um, so that's so that's just something that like I just think KCP is capable of, even if he's not showing it at all this series. So that's why I think Trevor, uh, you know, said that about KCP and not any of the other Lakers. One hundred percent. That's, no, that's fine. exactly. Um, I've got Asa Amin from YouTube in the super chat said, "Who's the best shooter on the team, KCP or West Matthews?" Well, statistically, it's KCP. He shot forty-one percent from three for the season. Uh, did defense like this win this game? I knew Matt was going to have something to say about Wes Matthews, though. 
Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Trevor. Did defense win this game more than their offense? I mean... I I think I'll say yes. Yeah. Like, it was LeBron got his offense going a little bit in the second half, and that kind of got some of the Lakers going and everything. But up until that point, it was the defense that really that really was fueling this team. And so I'll still say, yeah, it was the defense more than the offense. Yeah. You, you, you don't bust open an 18 point lead unless you're playing defense. Right. I think that's what really keyed off the team. Obviously hitting shots helped, but I think it was ultimately the defense. Phoenix only scored 95 points on the night. This is the second game out of the three games that they played that they've held the suns under 100. And this is a potent offensive team for the Suns. So I think the Lakers to their credit have been playing their on defense. And so I, I think it's always going to be the credit to that. All right, guys. Um, Lakers Suns. I'm just take, taking a look at a few other questions. Lakers Suns on Sunday, game four. Pretty pivotal. Look, if the Suns are able to bounce back, um, Eric Pincus on Twitter just brought up the possibility that the Suns took LeBron going at Jay Crowder as disrespect because he was kind of maybe not maybe not being as serious as he could have been in that situation or whatever. Um, if that was was something, then maybe the Suns come out fired up in game four. And I think the Suns also re- recognize that if they lose Game Four, they're in big, 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 big trouble. Uh, what are we? What are we thinking? We're going to see in Game Four? Do we see a Suns team like completely locked in, and then giving the Lakers some trouble, especially early? Or do you think the Lakers are going to continue what we saw in the second half, where they start really getting to the basket and then start putting a little bit of doubt into the Suns' minds? What what path do you see uh, happening? I, I just want to say, I think it's hilarious that Jay Crowder is so bad at defending LeBron James that it's literally disrespectful. It's like, <laughs> they're literally like, that's disrespectful that you would be so good against Jay Crowder. But, <laughs> but besides the point, um, I, yeah, the Lakers are going to need to come out with a lot of energy, especially after the way Game 3 ended. Devin Booker with that hard foul, Jay Crowder getting ejected. They are fired up. They They are thinking in their own little world that they've created, the Phoenix Suns are thinking that they're the ones being, you know, kind of screwed in this series. They're the ones that are, that's the refs are taking this away from them. Uh, Chris Paul made some comments about the fact that Scott Foster officiated this game. And this is like, mm. it's 11th game <laughs> where he's lost a Scott Foster officiated game. So he said something about that. So you can already see them like setting the narrative up for themselves. They're going to come out hyped in game four the Lakers need to match it. They are they are notoriously horrible at, at getting up for 12.30 p.m. games. Same. They, they need it more than ever this Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. I mean, I don't really think they need the uh, the theatrics at the end of Game 3 to get them fired up for Game 4. It's, it's basically do-or-die game for them. If they go back to Phoenix down 3-1, yeah, maybe they still Game 5, but then they have to still win two more games. Um, I can't imagine them coming back down from a 3-1 lead. Um, so I, I think they will come up amped and fired up for Game 4. I think you'll see them locked in, but I think this kind of goes back to my earlier answer in the post-game show about Chris Paul. It really is going to depend on how healthy he looks because I think if he's not healthy, he's not going to be 100%. If he's not even close to like that, I, I think the 
Suns are going to have a really hard time. Obviously, I think Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden will continue to show out. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, the Suns come out, like I just mentioned, amped, fired up. They take the first punch of the series. But then I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers counterpunch and then the Suns kind of fold. They, they are a young team. Yeah. We have to remember that. O- outside of Chris Paul, they are a very young team. This is their first playoffs for a lot of them. Um Playoff basketball is a different beast than the regular season. So when you've got a veteran team, a championship team like the Lakers that are punching back and, you know, showing them like this is how, you know, to win a playoff game, essentially, uh, it's going to be hard for them to overcome that, I think. And so I I do expect the Suns to take an early lead. I don't know if it's going to be throughout the first half or not, but I do expect the Lakers to show out in the second half and um, take control of the game at some point. Um, So I, I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler alert. I do expect the Lakers to take game four. I do as well. Yeah. I think I think we're going to get some early whistles to try to take control of the game before anything gets too serious out there. Um, we see that pretty consistently from the officials. But I do think we're going to see the Suns throwing everything they've got. This is going to be seen as like a do-or-die moment. And so I'm expecting a strong punch from the Suns early. And if the Lakers can weather the storm, then I think the Suns will start to wilt under under pressure if the Lakers can keep going at them, especially if they're able to, to get going on the offensive end the way they did when LeBron started attacking the basket. And if this is if the Lakers can shoot a decent percentage from three, I don't think it's going to be close if they can do that. And again, you know, Matt, that's a good point about Chris Paul and his uh, and his situation there because if he is still bothered by this injury and by Sunday, obviously he's got some time to recover. But if this is still something that's really bothering him then it is going to be a tough one for the Suns, for sure. Yeah, and also, uh, Matt, I want to correct something you said. You said the Suns were very young and inexperienced. Uh, Jay Crowder has a ton of experience losing in the playoffs, so that, <laughs> that'll that be no problem for him. Nothing's going to change about his, his day-to-day operations here. Uh, to be super fair, also, uh, Jay Crowder is also very inexperienced against winning LeBron, against LeBron James in the playoffs, so that, that was mostly my point. Yeah, yeah, he 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 has no idea what to do when it comes to LeBron James in the playoffs. I think I think that is a great place to end this show with a little Jay Crowder slander. Uh, everybody, <laughs> we're going to keep an eye out and see what happens with the NBA and Devin Booker. See if he gets any kind of punishment for what went on there. Obviously, that was a terrible, terrible look for him. Uh, but the Lakers do get the win in Game Three, and now move on to Game Four, and potentially could put the Suns in a really bad spot here if they can take out take the care of business again at Staples Center and get the win for Game Four. Guys, thanks so much for for hopping on here with me. And a uh, few days, we've got a few days to rest up before uh, before this early afternoon game for Game Four. Yep. Uh, like the Lakers, I will try to get up for it because, man, I hate the early starts, honestly. <laughs> there is, there's nothing quite like a 1230 start. Let's just hope that they have some energy, just enough to hit a few threes, and uh, maybe we can get that win, 3-1 lead. Wesley Matthews. <clears throat> Sorry. Let's get it done. <laughs> get it done. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, and don't forget to ring that notification bell. Till next time, stay safe and see you.